Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Brendan Dunlop Podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Dunlop. Today, we discuss moose, pomade. How much do I actually use? The answer is yes. I'd like to thank James Sharman, Danny Dicchio, and Craig Forrest for being my guests today on the Brendan Dunlop Podcast. So, sit back, relax, and have a dunny good day with the Brendan Dunlop Podcast. I'm Brendan Dunlop, and this is the Brendan Dunlop Podcast. Thank you very much, Brendan Dunlop, and welcome to the Brendan Dunlop Podcast. We're the Brendan Dunlop. <laughs> Danny Dickio, Craig Forrest, I'm James Sharman, there's Wonga on the keyboards. Uh, Jeff Cole, um, clearly not around today. Don't know where Jeff is. Uh, we missed your opening though, Jeff, but uh, we thought Brendan Dunlop did a good job in the opening. Uh, B, welcome back to Footy Prime. How you doing? It's good to be back. You know, we're very excited to be here today with you in particular because uh, arriving in my mailbox this week was a press release um, confirming something you've been promising for, for probably well, well over a year. And, and I couldn't mention it. I wasn't allowed to mention it on air or on Twitter, but now we can mention it. You have put some words together. And you, amazingly, you've written a book. I mean, I didn't know you could even write your name, let alone Neither a book. Neither did I. You've written a book. Kid's book? Well, kind of. It's about D-Rock. <laughs> <laughs> I say that with all respect. <laughs> the legend himself, Dwayne DiRosario, with Brendan Dunlop. Yeah, pretty cool. Congratulations, pretty crazy. Pal. This Thanks, is amazing. Man. Good stuff. Appreciate this is it. really, really cool. First of many, Danny. Oh, many, I appreciate it, man. How many pages? Three? <laughs> no, we got uh, 200 and change. Yeah, 200 and change. How big are the word, uh, the print, though? What, uh, kind of 11, 12? <laughs> the font? That's it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> the Someone's I, I, got a desk job. Even though I left school at fifteen, guys, I'm still pretty intense. No, he's been doing his learning Did course though, the Microsoft Office. Taxman oh, <laughs> doesn't know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get into back to the font educations, size uh, soon, but yeah. So about the text size, the font size. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it's it's 200 uh, eye-opening pages. I think there'll be a lot of stories that, that football fans uh, expected and a lot of things that happened in his career that people are quite curious about and don't know behind the scenes. He gets into his time in Toronto with uh, Danny and a few years after Danny and just how strange that time was in comparison to the times that we're all witnessing TFC and now. Um, two very, very different clubs. Uh, he talks about that. It was, it was a great project to work on, and I know it took forever, so sorry to make you wait more than a year to be able to talk about it, but it'll be out in May, and uh, I'm very much looking forward to seeing it on a shelf. Hopefully we can all go into the store at that point. Because this all, all, all started before Sportsnet fired you, right? <laughs> yes, that is right. Uh, this, this started before that. 
Um, that that was that. I also like to blame that on a worldwide pandemic. It's <laughs> more of a freeing than a firing. How about that? Yeah, there you go. Uh, there we yeah. go. Ain't that the truth? <laughs> uh, this did start long before that. Yeah. Uh, how did it start? I mean, tell me, how do you go from you know being a Sportsnet personality to writing a book? How does it begin? How does it start? Do you approach Dero? Did he approach you? It's uh well actually it started a bit before that. Um, Rob Pizzo actually planted the seed in my head a long time CBC's ago. CBC's Rob Pizzo. Uh, CBC's Rob Pizzo when we were working at the Score and Hardcore Sports Radio, and there was some hockey personality who I didn't know was a writer. I forget who it was at the time, but they just, most of them can't write. They just <laughs> they just written a book, and uh, and I had commented I was surprised he wrote one. And Pizzo said, "Oh, it's you know it's it's something I'd love to do one day. It's like a bucket list thing." I'm like, are you a writer? He's like, well, I, I read so much. I, I like to write. I would like to push myself to do it because it's so out of character for me. And it just kind of stuck in my head as like, oh, okay, that would be quite an accomplishment. Totally different from what I do. And then Ken Reed wrote a book. And uh, I went to his book launch uh, to support and had a beer. And he comes over thanking everyone. Says, Hockey hey, when you, write a, when you write a book about the Bundesliga or whatever, I'll show up to the fucking party. And I thought, maybe I should. Not about the Bundesliga, but maybe I should write a book. Um, so Dero had just retired, and we had the same agent at the time, so it just kind of came about that way. Um, so it really was a, a long project and a long process. We we started meeting uh, about three years ago, three and a half years ago, um, an, an hour a month, let's say. We you know, get together when the schedule's allowed for for lunch and just talk about his life and talk about his career, and it's um, a yeah, pretty pretty amazing story. Does it go right through sort of when, when he's a young lad and going through the system here and whatnot as well yeah literally all the way up to the start of the pandemic uh okay so, so not just his football career itself like yeah very much very much his his entire life um you know the, a lot of stories i think that the people will be surprised to learn um you know he's very proud to be from scarborough a lot about uh, stories about his childhood and um i lived in scarborough for 10 years and maybe a couple kilometers from where he grew up and it's light years away from the you know the experience that that he had growing up um i think a lot of people will will be quite surprised that there are communities uh like that and and uh, you know childhoods uh like his um that just don't sound like your typical canadian story um so a lot of the things that he went through really shaped him as a person and as a player and then of course um you know he shined in, in major league soccer at a time when there weren't a lot of lights on it, and then when the, the, the spotlight was different, the stage was different. Um, but we remember, you know, as soccer geeks and as Canadians, that um, he stole the show. He was a highlight reel player. Now, Frank Yellop was the first one to give him his chance, right, in MLS? Yeah, that's right. Frank took him to San Jose. Uh, Frank was working with Thomas Rongan at DC United, actually, um, and they had Dwayne, who was playing with the Richmond Kickers at the time, um, they had him go down for some camp they were doing, I think, in Central America. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think uh, Rongan and D.C. were quite keen on him. And then Frank got the job at San Jose, and Dwayne was actually his first signing. And they had landed and on him and the two of them on top. So they were they were dynamite. They were they were pretty lethal. And they, they also, th- th- those early teams, um, you know, had a lot of American internationals. Um, the, the player pool was obviously very different at the time. Um Interesting to look back at some of those teams and, and just see how much experience there was uh, in, in the sides. Um, but, yeah, the D- Donovan and D-Row for, for a time there, those er- yeah. the early 2000s. Pat Onstad, couldn't yeah. be beat. Pat Onstad, yeah, who I, I remember more so from Houston, but I guess he would have been uh, yeah. he would have been in San Jose at least at the end there. Yeah, towards no, the end. Frank brought, yeah, brought him in as well. Oh, I think he was playing for uh, um, a town right across the lake here. Rochester. Rochester, yeah. I think he was playing for Rochester at the time. Did Frank ever approach you, Craig? You guys are tight. Um, Try and convince you to come not at this Not at the time when that would be a possibility. 
Yeah. Right. Even though he brought Beckham over, he yeah, he didn't even think I, I could get Beckham, but I can't get Forrest. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I just can't get too much of a reach. Designated <laughs> player, you know. So, Danny, is is this something that you feel you're gonna kind of progress with as well? Are you looking to do? Other books? Do you know any ex-players that would like to have a book written? Well, uh, it's not only ex-players. <laughs> it could be... Ex-broadcasters? It could be people you've worked with. A lot it of could them be people right. we've worked with. A certain, a certain person with a great character that I've already <laughs> mentioned to you as well. Maybe libel, you can't mention it at this moment. Uh, but the, I, I, if I were to do a, a, a second book, uh, doing one with Thomas Rongen would be quite appealing. Yeah, I'd say that. <sighs> that would be amazing. That would be... You've That'd all be heard like more stories. than 200 pages. That would be much more. In be fact, like it might be an anthology. It might <laughs> be, be like it'd be like the Bible. Yeah, I think there yeah. might be part one and part the two. Bible. Yeah. Bible. Just, just more sodomy. <laughs> a little bit. The new so, the new palms yeah. with uh, Rongan. I was listening to him actually. He's on Grant Wall's podcast, The Prodigy, uh, which is this podcast that he's talking about. Yeah, that's right. And I was quite surprised to hear a very refined, very professional. Uh, when I found Freddie, you know, he was a player who was given a lot really early. But, wow. <laughs> He seems so tame and calm, Rongan. I haven't heard yeah. him talk like a he like has a his coach. <laughs> he has Would his you say that you you enjoyed the process, though? I mean, it's a lot of work. It's so much work. It yeah. must be so many hours committed to this. I did enjoy the process. You know, nothing that I've ever done professionally kind of prepares you for for that. It's a lot of isolation for one thing. Not even reading our emails on the footy show. <laughs> Not reading or reading the <laughs> tweets. It was I was the Twitter guy. I was uh, and some emails the here and there on the footy show occasionally. Although I missed a lot of your emails. I think that was part of the. Yeah. There was a big rift yeah. in the office. I would miss a lot of emails. <laughs> uh, I, do, I think that uh, if, I, if I were to look back at it uh, and to do it again, I, there's a lot of things I'd, I definitely would do differently about it. Um, I would like to try and do it in a, maybe a shorter time period, for one. I think you know t- taking uh, as long as we did also made it made it difficult. Um, and that, that wasn't you know any for any particular reason beyond just. Um, seeing how it plays out but now that i know how the process is i think it would be much quicker the next time and uh and yeah maybe not maybe not be so alone we'll see, maybe there'll be a couple of voices in the maybe book maybe let you have a uh, two or three goes at it before you <laughs> think about what was the uh edit, what was the edit <laughs> really i think good. about doing Get your really book right yeah. yeah b what was the edit like for you if it was the edit long it was and how long. many times did you have to use spell check <laughs> uh I, you know what the i think the the coolest thing um uh, and what I hope people uh, take from it is um, not seeing me at all or not thinking about me at all when they read the book, that they, they're they reading the words and they hear Dwayne's voice. Is it coming through one Dwayne's to page first two person two. from it's through Dwayne? It is, is Dwayne's biography. Yeah. So, yes, it's, uh, it's Dwayne's autobiography. With yeah. Yeah. So do you squeeze you, your name in there here and there? You know, you know, back in 2006, I was playing in – Wherever it was, and a young reporter came up to me, and I knew straight away that kid's going to go somewhere. His name is Brendan Dunlop. No, I didn't find a way to do that, but you, you might uh, find you might find that um, he's quite complimentary towards uh, certain Portuguese players, or um, you know, he's quite complimentary. But certain media types, certain organizations, the Messi Ronaldo debates. You know, there's a couple of those things. Like, oh, there's a, there's a couple of sentences there on uh, some television station that doesn't exist anymore. How how did that sentence get in there? Are you nervous? And I'm assuming in any biography at some point you know um the the subject will, will call out an organization a club a person and, and potentially piss them off are you concerned there might be some people or some groups upset by anything that's in this book i think everyone's can find a way to be offended if they really want to be at this in this day and age especially right so uh, i'm not worried about that i don't think that i don't think that Dwayne uh, that Dwayne particularly is either uh the uh, one of the coolest does things he get about the knives out <laughs> 
one of the, I wouldn't say the knives, but he's quite honest. I think uh, anyone who knows him um, knows that he doesn't, um, uh, you know, he's, just, he's quite honest. He's a, so he, he discussed what happened shooter. here in Toronto and the check signing and all that yeah, and, the, and the background of what the, that is. Because that's important to the, know. I mean, I've heard it from him himself. But The check signing is its own chapter, actually. So the, the ah. check sign is kind of related to uh, to his departure. It's all kind of tied together. So, yeah, he's, he's quite open and honest is about Celtic called, not working out. Is that called Checked Out? Because if I was writing the book, I'd call that chapter checked out. You know what? You, sh- you should write a book because clearly I missed it. But now I've got to somehow find a way to get that. I probably there. called it something poetic, like the moment my actions cause consequences. I think that's the name of the chapter. Charm and should write uproar. one about D-Row. <laughs> you should just write one about just D-Row. Uh, uh, off, off the record. Yeah. An unofficial biography, The Hidden Story. Just I just tr- interviewed Deech and Craig yeah. about their experiences yeah. about Dero. Yeah. I just, just, just to, to troll me. <laughs> can't name me. I'll just, the sources say. And, and we'll sort of publish My sources. It, and we'll release yeah. it the exact same day that your That's book right. comes out. Yeah. <laughs> you should release it, yeah, the, the same evening. Nice. That, that would be yeah. a, a footy prime joint. Is what that would be called. Yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> right? <laughs> it'd be, it'd, it'd, it'd be literally handwritten, unfortunately. It's not quite as professional so, as so, It's a good uh, little topic that about who you would most like to write a book about, Sean. That's a great question. Who would you most like to write a book about or their autobiography? Honest. Well, autobiography. I want I want to talk about and write about someone really colourful, um, who has, you know, would get the knives out, would would just fascinate, I think, people, humankind. So Steve Davis. God, say, I knew he was going to say the that. One. The most boring man in sports. He actually isn't. He's Who's really interesting. DJ? But there's a number of... This yeah. is your snooker idol, yeah. right? Yeah. Steve Davis. See, snooker. I want to say Freddie Mercury. There's a lot of good I Freddie hate the Mercury way you Canadians call it snooker. <laughs> snooker. Huh? No. Sort them out, Craig. Okay, what about you guys? Who do you... If you're going to write a book, who, who who's the most compelling figure you could write a book about, do you think? In any capacity. It doesn't need to be sports, necessarily. He sat in this room, guys. Maybe I have to think about it's that. Dan Wong. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I would love to hear Dan Wong's autobiography. Where would you start? That would be enlightening. Yeah, but it's got to be the the once he dies though. More interesting. Yeah. No, why he's yeah. alive? Because yeah. the amount of people that would want to kill him as well. <laughs> I already, ha- I already have a uh, title. This has been talked about once before, and it's uh, throwback whack. Kinda. It's called "Get Your Dick Out of My Girlfriend" and other short <laughs> stories by Dan Wong. <laughs> wow, that's nice. That's that would nice. be a that would be a bestseller, Dan. Yeah, Is things this happen. <laughs> things happen sometimes where you're naked and you're having some fun with the lady, and the boyfriend comes home. Things happen. Chapter it, two. <laughs> is this is this going to be the first book released from fans only? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. What what former teammate would you like to read a book about? Your I'm answer is clearly Dwayne Rosario. I'm, I'm reading Paul McGrath's well. at the moment. I told you that back from the brink, and it's it's a really it's deep, dark, isn't it? Dark, times. yeah. Sad book, but someone that I played against, and Craig would have played against him many a time. That I really didn't know. He's like upbringing his story, and it's he's very very well written. He's a big drinker too, isn't he? Oh yeah, a massive big time. drinker. Like, yeah. and he almost he, derailed him. He basically yeah. talks about. Why he's a big drinker? He's obviously an orphan from from uh, early early days, but the, the the struggle that he had from being like from the age of two, three, all the way up to six, seven, really goes into detail, and you can you can understand a little bit more why he turned to drink and mm-hmm. and back in those days, Craig, you know, it's about the the, the painkillers and the cortisones and the 
anti-inflammatories, getting addicted to that stuff as well. So that's a really, really good story, but sad. When that book came out, this true story, when that book came out, um, he was doing a tour in Toronto, and uh, really? I interviewed him. And it was actually my first ever sit-down interview with someone. And I actually borrowed Elliot Friedman's sports coat to wear. Wow. <laughs> I've got it somewhere. How was he? Did when he Fridge, when he, great. Paul McGraw. He, he was amazing. Yeah? I, I really enjoyed that interview, actually. <laughs> that was his jacket. <laughs> jacket was it's a little bit big on me. Well, that's but, good. Um, I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> better, better brand than you've ever bought since. Oh yeah, though, for sure, right? for sure. No, but you know, he was is actually in a pub. Um, he was drinking a coke, and uh, he was superb. I could have spoken to him all day long. Good. He was so so good. I was freaking nervous. It's my first ever interview, right? I was green as hell, but it turned out pretty well. It was cool. It all depends on who you're interviewing too, and their personality, right? If they're if one they're word into answers, it or not. and you're like, oh shit, I've just run through five questions and yeah, running out of questions. <laughs> Did you guys ever yeah. really give a shit about interviews, though? When you were being interviewed by Brendan, myself, or whoever, did you really care about the interview, or did you give an effort? You guys are pretty good in general. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. You were all, you were always very good. Sure, I no problem. You <laughs> got warmer as you. Yeah, it, it's <laughs> as, as, as it was dependent. It was really dependent on on the interviewer. Like <laughs> if he was talking absolute codswallop, then I had no interest. I told you the story about the first scrum or second it was a second scrum i think i had at bmo and the guy was talking about abolishing the offside trap but he was a baseball beat re- reporter and i had no interest in talking to him because if you're going to interview someone first of all you have to have facts and you have to have a little bit of knowledge about what you want answers to but when he kind of was talking about abolishing the offside trap and speaking about the game doesn't flow as much as what it should do i was like not having it. No. The uh, the early days too. Um, the reporters that you had there, and um, I, I feel like it took a few years for the you know the the real football minds that it gets to to come out constantly. You know what I'm saying? Like the, the there's a education level that kind of happens in the in the media um, that the Raptors went through in the, the mid nineties, sure. and then that happened. I mean, with remember TFC. TSN did had nothing to do. Yeah. with uh, Toronto SC for the first five years, not even. Not even that's a camera. Right, yeah. That's right. Because it wasn't their property, and they were like, didn't want anything to do with it. But then when Sportsnet got the hockey deal, mm. they became what we used to be. Oh, it was grab everything else, and they all of a sudden were interested in football, right? Yeah. Yeah, and they commit to it and done a great job. Yeah. What about what about the national team games, Craig? Like when you used to come home and play, say, for the national team in tournaments or exhibition games, and your media scrums after games or before were, were they poor like or were they they're scrums there was no such thing as scrum yeah like Neil, Neil Davison, Neil Davison. <laughs> that was about it and uh, the Sun writer I can't remember I should remember his name because he was fantastic oh Norman DaCosta yes Norm yeah yeah yeah. wow that's he a few years ago now Norm isn't DeCosta it was great. but it was basically those two and that yeah. is it well I remember Craig and I yes. talked about this wow. Team Canada was playing Jamaica at Team Varsity. Canada Canada. Just playing. Team Canada. Sorry. Jesus. That works. Nah. Dude. What's wrong with Team Canada? <laughs> hey. Chevy's uh, is back. They were they were playing at varsity <laughs> and my girlfriend at the time, half Jamaican, her friends flew over from England. Was she your girlfriend or someone else's girlfriend? <laughs> it was Find out in the book. Chapter six. <laughs> Bridget. Uh, chapter six, Bridget. Um, Bridget the Bridget. midget. <laughs> she uh her her boy uh, her friends flew over from England who were uh, Jamaican, um, and there were more Jamaicans at varsity 
than there were Canadians. But yeah, that was the uh, Carabana Cup. Carabana Cup, and it was oh, during like Car- yeah. it was during Carabana. Yeah. Oh, right. And we went out partying after. But d- you guys, it was a good game though. Except I think Jamaica won. No, no, you won. Yeah. Oh, sorry. That was the, that was the so one. It was you Canada, won, right? Trinidad, and Tobago, and Jamaica. Ah, uh, that's great. Was that a sti- was. that was? A sti- but it was basically like Trinidad was just red. Black flag. Was that the steel drum game when Canada? No, CSA no, that was a, that was actually a qualifier. <laughs> <laughs> they hired a band. I couldn't imagine. Jamaica, oh, let's make all the Jamaican fans that are coming along, which is half of them, as comfortable as possible. Yeah, make yeah. So they got a steel band and a limbo. They're doing limbo dancing on the. Wow, they were amazing. I was like, "Gee, crack! Who are these guys?" There's a great great story in Dwayne's book about. I guess I think it was a. 2006 qualifying cycle in Montreal against Honduras. Qu- quite a famous game. Patrice Bernier got sent off. And there was another incident in the game as well. Just a wild one. It was a must win for Canada. And, you know, 10,000 people in the stands, 8,500 were Hondurans yeah, we did who drove game. up from New York. Yeah. Um, and Nemo and was a sponsor of the game or whatever. Mm. And they handed out those those clapper things those big blow up clappers right blue and white wow. it was a sea of freaking honduras and colors and everything and even the beam of in montreal yeah unbelievable i think that's changing now though guys yeah after yeah. being even at the, oh, the yeah. canada usa game last year i know it wasn't a full house but it was great to see like there was still 18 19,000 there wasn't there yeah i think but there was, was like a small yeah, section wait, of the u.s if there's an actual qualifier and you're playing against anybody with like Honduras like that, they'll bring them up from the States. They will find a way to nah. get tickets. We'll leave them outside. Well, thank Christ no, for COVID, guys. Thank God for COVID, because that should prevent that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There'll be no more right. fans in the stands for a long We'd time. We'd be better off playing in front of empty stadiums in all the, their places. Oh, yeah. Imagine going down to some of these awful venues, awful cities, <laughs> Sure. and there's no fans. Yeah. Come Fantastic. up here and play in front of no fans is better for us. I just want to clarify what I was babbling about and stumbling through, by the way, when Deitch was talking about um, the media in those early days and the, f- the football, the evolution that kind of happens within the media. I use the word education, but there was some great football media at the time. Uh, the numbers were quite small. Charmin uh, and I have the conversation all the time about speaking with aspiring you know, young journalists and uh, people in journalism school now, and they all want to be in football. And that just was not the case when I got in 10 years ago. It was not the case you know, a few years before that. It was, well, it was a much smaller number. So as the interest has grown, the amount of media and coverage. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, but now it's contracted again. Yeah, wow. <laughs> there's a lot amount of opportunities for these these uh, people coming out of journalist school. Like, yeah, like where 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 are the jobs? Like, hope you're good with TikTok, kids. Yeah. Well, hope you're good with TikTok. Brendan, I, I wonder, are, are you saying we should have some interns? That's not Putting a bad pride. idea. I'd work. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. well what, can what, I work as an intern, do? guys? That's the highlight of my week now. Can I work as an intern? We can only we can only offer beer. <laughs> you know, you're right. Now the book's finished. I mean, now what for you? It's Great question. <laughs> and uh, I got a spin bike. Uh, Have you? Yeah. You're, you're like Mr. Wako. That's what you are. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You are, you are Actually, what, what is for woman. me now? I, uh, I, I help my wife uh, shoot audition tapes and prepare for uh, any upcoming projects that she has. See? Yeah. That's an important role. Two Christmas films that will be out uh, this December, actually. That you can I'll tell watch. Franco. We'll he loves later. Christmas movies. Maybe yeah, one of them is Hallmark and oh, one of them is his uh, favorite channel. Is she, is, does she get together with Dean Kane? She does not. No. Who's she kissing? Harry's brother? Who's she kissing in these? <laughs> no, different one. 
<laughs> These men that look like they come out of some lifetime factory. How do you feel about this? If that's the character. That's, that's not me weird, right? That's, I, that's a whole conversation. <laughs> it is. So if you don't know, <laughs> see Brendan's wife, Brendan married well above himself. Um, his wife is Elena Wako, uh, who's uh, an actress and, and a singer, stars in Jan, and also every Christmas performs numerous movies, apparently, where she makes out with really good-looking guys. How is that? Again, that's just the character. That's not Elena. That's Rose. <laughs> uh, that's that's Miranda is upset right. with what happened in high school, and she's just kissing Kenneth because he came home. I've always Christmas. wanted to notice about actors and actresses if there is any like guilt or jealousy. I mean, when I see my wife make out with guys, I kind of brush it off. <laughs> and I get over it after a while. Yeah. Right? She's not an actress. Do you not film it? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you guys. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, my God. You guys are that's a different level. Craig's been very quiet over yeah. it. It's the first time I've heard Craig that's, stumbled. He's, he's too busy editing. Yeah. No, Craig's looking at me like, how do I get this back on the rails? I do have a question. But what is, has she died on film? What's it like to watch her die actually, on yeah. film? Actually. Great question, actually. I haven't had that experience yet, but I will shortly. Uh, she did a horror film with... Um, one of the guys from Sons of Anarchy, one of the actors from Sons of Anarchy, uh, th- just recently during the pandemic, and she. Where was that film? Because in Woodbridge. Yeah. Who is uh, the other actress in that? Jordan. Yeah, is she English? Price. There's a Jordan in there. <laughs> no, she's actually Different from Bermuda. Jordan. Michael. But yes. Yes, I think uh, yeah. I think that was the same project. Well, I know her boyfriend really well. Oh, okay. Doug Lynch. So I went up there to. They were all quarantined in the hotel they were right? yeah okay. in Woodbridge yeah amazing uh, oh, so Shane, she was in that movie Shane West is in that as well yeah she's in about half of the movie so she dies though okay yeah like horribly brutally badly brutally, yeah. really mm-hmm. cool I don't think you actually die she dies pretty bad yeah <laughs> see I'm, I, 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 I wouldn't mind seeing my wife die <laughs> 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 in the movie <laughs> I'm joking Lots I'm just joking out, no Charm. just kidding I don't want to see my wife okay, get killed by so an axe before murderer. we go on to the next segment though when this movie comes out, can you please tell everybody, or at least Footy Prime, so we can Tape shout it. out M.O.W. is coming out. I thought I was here to talk about the book that I wrote. Now I'm talking about no, movies. No, Hallmark, yeah, Hallmark, Hallmark yeah. Lifetime movies. Hey, we're over that book it's now. It's all coming in, the, coming in the house, as long as that's the case. They can make, she we're can talking make out video. with guys all she wants. She's getting paid for it. <laughs> yep, exactly. You know what? Yeah. Doesn't matter. That's what, oh, that's what Shams actually does, but there's no the movie or anything. I sell the tapes. Right? And you're making out with another guy. Oh, boy. So I never thought I'd write a book, and now we're talking about you acting. This is quite different. Well, I was just trying to put myself into that position. (laughs) Like, literally? What? Literally that position? (laughs) Literally, like, making out in a movie, like, what would that be like? It'd be good. Oh, it couldn't be bad, could it? But, changing the subject and going back to the scrums again. When I first came over, <laughs> no, this is interesting. This is when, no, no. Podcast. When I first came over, guys, like I had no idea. First of all, I had no idea that TFC had an astroturf pitch. Mo totally left that to the back of the the contract. Being as I had two back operations as well, <laughs> that would have been, a, a, would that been a, game bro- a deal breaker. Had you have known that, it, it would have been. You like, have thinking been about it. that. Maybe you should have looked into. Well, well I looked <laughs> into this North grass America? field, and it was perfect. But anyway. <laughs> It was perfect. No, no, I've told that before. But <laughs> I'm just saying. So on our first game or second game, 
No, it's the first game after the. What, no, it's the second game when I scored the goal and the, the cra- they were going crazy in there. The Gordy Howe hat trick. I told you that story. <laughs> Gordy who? But I couldn't. I could, I just couldn't fathom like the amount of press in the actual locker room after the game. It was it was baffling to me. It was new because it wasn't just guys. There was women in there. There was cameras, and you're like, if you were a pretty shy guy, like, or just like very nervous about being in front of people naked, that that's a <laughs> tough locker room to be in. Then you got like Jimmy walking around with a semi on like <laughs> in the background, and then yeah. guys just going like that, and like it was just so it was very very difficult. But then go on all the years when we bring in new coaches. Like I remember Aaron Vincer coming in saying, "This is like diabolical. This the it's locker room is a sanctuary," and he's right. That's where a lot of shit goes on. That's where a lot of hairdryer treatments where objects are being thrown. But it's the last place where media and journalists should be. And now I think they've changed it a little bit where there, there's a room, a press room at TFC. Where you make a certain amount of uh, people accessible. And yeah, the coach it's can just... Make accessible. It's what like press, press rooms are different now. Like you can't, Something like the, that. The room's closed now? Is it? I, don't been think, I don't think press can get in there anymore. Really? Oh, it's, it's, it's not in the same... I think how it worked before is uh, you would be in the showers. You'd come out of the showers and the room was already full. Yeah. Whereas now there's a designated time in which the media gathers outside. You've been allowed 10, 20 minutes. It's been at least communicated to some of the gathered press who's going to be available and who to leave alone. If they're in there, let him change. I'm giving you him, him, and him, and that'll be it. I, I just feel as well when you're trying to kind of develop the league and the league have done such a great job. And now we're seeing superstars come over and you're, you're trying to really progress it to match other leagues around the world. And you, you're, you're saying your your statement is you want to be in the top three leagues within the world by 2025 or 22, I forgot what it is. There needs to be more proactive development in saying, okay, this is not acceptable. I don't care if it's acceptable in the NBA or, or NFL. But this is not acceptable mm. in, in football soccer because it doesn't happen anywhere around the world. I think it started from even different leagues in North America fighting for accessibility. More access. More access. We're going to give you more access. Our league, because you're competing. Yeah, I understand didn't, that. didn't really have that in, in, in England. I mean, for the most part, it was football one, two, and three. So they came and asked you a question. They just go, F off. And yeah. they meet in the parking lot. Right? That was the only. That was it. Like, True. So, yeah. um, what happens if they just say, "Well, we don't have the access anymore"? <coughs> well, I think there should be access to a room where yeah. it's for press and for players. And as as Danny just said, there, you know who's going to be coming into that room. If you want to do a separate interview, then that's something you have to go to the training ground or go through the media officer now yeah. to set up. But I just feel like even after games when it could be a shitty game, you're down or there could be something else. You've had a row with a teammate or the the head coach has had a a pop at you. The last thing you want to do is stand up in front of a journalist with your towel around your waist. I actually do agree with this because it is very awkward when you're in there. Um, I I never quite understood it. And I think it's fine if you are... You know, requesting a one-on-one with a player, you know, and get your one-on-one interview and get some unique sound bites, that's great. But what happens is you get this scrum of 
journalists in this locker room who go from one person to the other, all getting the exact same clips, and then you go home and you watch Sports Center or wherever it's going to be, and it's the same freaking clip on every single channel. Yeah. It's yeah. boring, 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 Just boring, 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 boring. Just to try and get their mic in there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It really is unnecessary. But the other so thing is, it is culture, and I'll just throw it to football. There's 50 to 60 of us in a room, and so you don't care if you're walking around nude. It's just part of the – you know, there's 15 of you guys. It's a li- like they know who the players are. There's nowhere to escape. It's a you know it's a little different hockey hockey is the same as football they've got like twenty guys they don't give a crap they're used to it obviously you know there was I mean it was all access back in the day but I never that's not something we worried about and that's just playing college ball like professionally these guys were always walking around nude we're talking about Jimmy in his semi he spent his entire career playing <laughs> overseas though playing in in a sporting culture where this wasn't acceptable. Why was he so comfortable? Jimmy. Just, well, some people just like being naked. <laughs> <laughs> is that what it is? Yes. He's just exhibitionist. Yeah. It's actually funny, though. <laughs> it's funny now, though, like on the counter to what we're talking about, because in England specifically, a lot of clubs are trying to brand their teams, their organization, by giving specific media these all-access series. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's kind of changing. I don't think it would be so much after the game, although I watched the Spurs series and there was a lot of stuff where Jose Mourinho and that were talking after the game or in team talks that they had a lot of access to. So when it's a branding and marketing... Co-partnership. Yeah, co-partnership, whether it's with Amazon Prime or wherever it is, then I can kind of understand it, but I still just think the locker room is a sanctuary to the players. That is their home where they can kind of get away from a good performance, bad performance. Whatever's gone in the game, whatever's been said in that locker room, stays in that locker room. And that's that's old school. That's how, how I deal with it as well. Once we're out of that locker room, changing room, then it's all go. Like, yeah, how would, you get, how would you get on with having cameras in the dressing room 24-7? Amazon was doing a documentary on TFC 2. I wouldn't like it. I really wouldn't like it because I, I, I just didn't I, – I don't think I could be myself. And that's when I watch these shows, even the Spurs show, the Man City show, um, the Sunderland show, even the Sunderland Till I Die. It was good, but when it was in the locker room and like in the training ground, it was a little bit fake to me. Well, Just understanding. Know. Yeah, they I all know. know. Yeah. Well, there's a reason there's why they usually. Real about reality. And, and they're usually geared towards one or two players continuously because those are the guys that are comfortable. The rest of the guys. Even the Barca are not. one, we saw the Barca one. Messi wanted no part, no of, it. part of it. No. Th- there was no. bits and pieces where he was dragged into it because he's Suarez's best friend, but mm-hmm. Messi wanted no part of it. Mm. And Speaking of documentaries, I think that's what uh, Ryan Reynolds. our boy Ryan Reynolds is yeah. doing. With Wrexham. With Wrexham. Are you guys BC buddies? I saw your your, your tweet. He follows me on Twitter. Oh, amazing. But uh, on the show. that was because of Conquer COVID and that. Well, yeah. we're trying to get Ryan Reynolds. We're going to reach out to him this week. Craig is. I'm sure we're the only guys trying to reach out to him right now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're right. Can you imagine? Danny, I wanted to talk to you, though. I wanted to ask a question. Those, I haven't watched a lot of the documentaries. Do they also follow people through, like, parties? And, because we all had a great Christmas or slash birthday party at Craig's house. Did they do that? We couldn't. At Craig's house? No. <laughs> <laughs> Not all of us. Well, yeah. you weren't invited. invited. Yeah. 
No, but no, they, they, and, that, and that's why there for me it's not somewhere. it's not real life. E- even if they went to a nightclub or whatever yeah. it was, it was all set up. At Barcelona, though, it was it was cool because they went to uh, I think it was Suarez's house, and they were he was barbecuing for the boys, and there was about I think PK was there. I think Messi showed up or Messi was late or something. Obviously, it's not true to form, but it was still pretty good. It was interesting. They called Messi and said, "Where are you?" And this, um, I thought it worked pretty well. You know, because I mean, this is Leo Messi talking to Luis Suarez on the phone. I, know, I find that kind of cool. So. I think I think the reason the fans really liked it too was that it, you know you you never had that access with teams like Barcelona, Manchester City, Spurs at all. That that's a very North American thing, and even still, it's in these tight windows. It might just be in preseason. Um, the, the NFL series Hard Knocks is hugely popular, and I feel like all of this is a bit of a spinoff. What's cool about the soccer ones is I feel as though they're showing perhaps just a little bit more. So you're right. It's 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 a, a bit tailored and a bit manicured, and Jose for sure knows that camera's there in his office. So yeah. I'll bring in this guy so I can be on this and tell him he's shit. And have him <laughs> sit in front of the camera so it's angled at his face. Jose knows what poor, he's doing. Poor Danny Rose. Poor Danny Rose. I couldn't think of the player I was picturing, actually. <laughs> but uh, So going back to that, the, the reason the Sunderland Till I Die uh, series was so good and, and so well-liked was because it showed how much passion the community had for that club. And it wasn't so much the the players that were really driving that series. It was more the to do with... driver. Yeah, it was more to do with the people that supported that club. And I really liked the Barca one as well. It wasn't so much the players, although I liked the access in, in the locker room to see how they, they just interact with each other. It was more the different stories of the supporters... Uh, just the day-to-day running of the club. You know what, though? It, it was really great. John Malkovich was horrible. Oh, yeah. I couldn't listen to him. Oh, my. And he's, I, love, I like John Malkovich. He's a great actor. But holy crap. He, he was the narrator. He's it was too wrong. much. It was, oh. And he's trying to like use the, the, the right parlance for you know the, the certain teams and nicknames, you know. And it was like, oh, shut up. Can't we get some no-name narrator? We don't need John Malkovich doing this. It became so contrived almost, right? Do you find? It was, t- it was trying it too did, hard. It did feel overdramatic. Uh, blau Guiara. Uh, yeah. When the Blau Grana take on Granada, will Ricky Puig get in the team? <laughs> that's pretty good. This is fourth impression so far of the show, and that's oh, the best wow. one so Very far. Good. Even better than your Brendan Dunlop impression. I, I, I'm just trying to figure out who's the bitterest guy in the room. It's fantastic. <laughs> Usually it's Danny, isn't it? Usually it's Danny. No, no, no. I would say it's between you and Craig most of the night. Danny, really? Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm not bitter. You were talking bitter. just before on air today. You were talking about how you really want to crush, oh, someone's, yeah, 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 crush yeah. someone's skull in the car door. Oh, yeah. Wow. Well, I missed that Vinnie Jones story. <laughs> That's a friend of Dan's that we won't go into. No, you, no, I've always wanted to do this. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't mean door. I'm bitter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this means I'm angry. <laughs> it's a difference. That'd be another good one. Um, but back to this whole, you know, documentary, and you know, we do live in this celebrity culture, right? Where we're fascinated by celebrity lives, and it's not changing or going away. So, I'm going to see more and more of this stuff. Shouldn't clubs be more open to allowing this access and getting these these personalities? These marketing well, vehicles open out there, to it. yeah. Because I mean, there's yeah. a big there's a big price tag for it as well. Jesus Christ, Dickio! Uh, for those of you just listening at home, Danny Dickio just opened a beer with his teeth. With yeah. his teeth, I think that's a twist off as well. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it is. Yeah. <laughs> that's why we love Dickio. I yeah. thought you were cueing Dan way. to make sure that he had the camera on you. No, I was trying to tell him. Yeah. Uh, Craig, you were saying about the future, cameras in everyone's faces. Um, what were we talking about? I have no idea. 
We were talking um, about the access oh, and these celebrity this... culture and clubs oh, right, be more right. open to it. Yes. And and obviously what Ryan Reynolds is doing there with Wrexham is exactly that. They're probably like if you think from a business standpoint, they go to one of the bigger teams. What do they pay Man City? Ten million quid or something? Was for that, that little? Twenty million? I mean, crazy number. I mean it was a lot of money for that and um, but unprecedented in the like, first of its kind. Hey, we don't have to pay it. Why don't we just buy the club for $2 million? Yeah. Is that what it was? $2 mil? I think it was $2 million. Wow. So do you think they're, they're going to do a similar series to the Sunderland So I Die? Well, I don't know exactly what their, what their plan is, but yeah. Like I think so, yeah. And then or Ted Lasso? <laughs> yeah. No. Well, yeah. No, I think it's serious. I mean, they want to get him back in the league, first of all. Well, this is Wrexham, okay? Wrexham getting global... Copy and global attention. Well, the video that, that clip they they threw out the two of them is yeah. millions of people yeah. seen it. What division are they right now? They're not even mm-hmm. in a division. They used they're to be in like the third and second. I think they're, it was I the think highest they, spent they went. Eighty-seven years in the league. Well, tell your story. You that was your first game. Yeah, when I was on loan at Colchester. Never played in Wrexham. It was actually at Colchester. Is it? So that was, so my prof- that was my professional debut on loan. They had some big players come out of Wrexham then. Yeah, remember big Mike Salmon? He played in that game, the keeper. Who's sorry? Who? Mike Salmon. Rose like Salmon. He was a goalkeeper coach in Vancouver, I'm going to say. But then I used to use that in highlight packs. People yeah. thought that was yeah. ridiculous. Rose like Salmon. <laughs> Don't know Rick's what you're talking about. No, sorry. <laughs> but they're, I think they're the third oldest club in the world, I want to say. Their old ground used to be called, the ra- was it the race course ground? Rick's yes. Salmon, I'm sure it was. Yeah. Uh, definitely oh. a racetrack reference yeah. to the ground. And uh, they've, they've gone to a new stadium now. Yeah. Looks nice. Was uh, it a dog track? No, I'm sure it's called the race course. All right. Was it? Yeah. It's old so shit ground. And even Wales used to play there as well. Three what? Are you looking it up? No. What are you doing? Texting your wife or something? No, this is the lineup. I thought you were looking it up. all the topics for today's podcast, which we haven't got to. He's reading the rundown. In. We've only got seven minutes left. I actually do a little bit of prep for this show, believe it or not. <laughs> oh, I Sometimes. Know, yeah. actually, I'm not walking much. on air. I never <laughs> thought I could be so free. I'll say this to If Ryan Reynolds um, is listening... Um, you know, you'll be inundated with requests for podcasts, radio shows, TV shows, and we may not be the best. Um, in fact, we're pretty bad. Um, we may not ask the best questions or give you the most, you know, access. We're, or, we're mid-table. But w- you have a good time, I think, with us, right? So, yeah. Deadpool, come on on. You should, Prime. You should definitely advertise these two guys first because he'll read Premier Leaguers. Well, we want to be Premier League. No, we do the, we, we, we work the whole COVID angle, I think. Oh, that's it. Right, let's use COVID yeah. for good. Right? Your boy. So and BC and you played against Wrexham, your first game. Boom. Why the hell haven't you Sold. got Ryan Reynolds? You should be in Deadpool three. Yeah. He is. Yeah. Craig? Yeah. Is he a bad guy? Huh? Is he a bad guy or uh, a good guy? Uh, uh, no. Have you not watched Deadpool? No, 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 you. Oh. <laughs> no, I know I know Ryan Reynolds is in, in general. <laughs> uh, no, but it, yeah. Have you seen it? Uh not the third one, the first two. Yeah, it's great. Oh. I love it. Very, very yeah. funny. Yeah. I'm not into like action hero movies. Although the boys yeah, right. on uh, you've seen Boys Fantastic. on Crime. Superb. You seen Boys? The Boys? I've not watched it, no. Filmed in Trump. It's, boys? it's outstanding. The boys. It's like um speaking of celebrity culture, there's these superheroes are all basically paparazzi driven celebrities. Um and they're not all good guys, put it that way. And they use their celebrity and their powers for evil. But Great it's uh, show. it's really, really raw. Great show. Good. And uh lots of naked Men and women, depending on what flavor you like. 
Well, wow. Craig so it really Street. is a football life. Mm. But yeah, give it a whirl. It's definitely no <laughs> reporters. Is, is, is what Danny's saying. So it was in the sanctuary you're talking about. The, the culture shock, though, that's what I was thinking about, was uh, <laughs> just how what that must have been like for you. And even a few years later, when Jermaine Defoe came, I know that that, that absolutely shocked him, whether the, the conversations just weren't had or he wasn't aware of what the, the setup would be like. That It was quite an adjustment. That just You mean they're in here all the time? L- they're literally waiting on me, whether I take 10 minutes or, or two hours to get change and leave this room? This group of people still going to be here uh, uh, clinging on every answer? It's just a totally different culture and different setup. But yeah. I do think that you're just going to see more and more, especially with the uncertainty of when will we get fans back in stadiums, what type of revenue streams will these clubs have going forward, if they can make money by putting a few cameras up mm-hmm. and granting access and showing their club off on a new platform to new people, yeah. they're going to be There are, there are a, a, a real belief that there'll be game, uh, fans back in um, Premier League games by the new year. Did you read yeah. this this week? Apparently, yeah, there was, there was discussions already. They're hitting records every day. Yeah, but when you see the way the states are doing it, I know that's certainly not the most, the best example. But the NFL, for example, who the Premier League is quite close with, uh, allowing you know, six thousand fans in at these eighty thousand seat stadiums, mm-hmm. I could see the Premier League finding a way to make that work. Oh yeah, from that standpoint, yes. I think so. the British government, like the U.S. government, don't really give a shit about their people, so it could happen. No, they haven't done the best job. No, they really haven't. I also don't think the people give a shit about each other There's that yeah. either. I think that's <laughs> that's yeah. the most disappointing yeah. thing. I, I like you guys, and I would, I love you guys. Thank so you, Dan. All, all Thanks, Dan. It. We love you, and too. Jeff Cole, love you, too. <laughs> and it's a good segue, too. Well, I going to say, speaking of sporting cultures, and you know, one thing that we have in common, no matter where you watch your sports, is we love to gamble. It's a pretty good segue, wasn't it? Fantastic. Yeah. It's time for our Footy Prime Picks, um, the only show in the world that has picks. <laughs> Dan, you still haven't got that jingle sorted, have you? I, I did. I just did whoosh. Oh, that, that's fantastic. Just, uh, and between us, we got them all right last week. That's right. <laughs> Look at you guys. <laughs> Who won last week? William and Hill. Oh, we got over them here. all right. No, no, no. Uh, between you? Yeah, between us. Yeah, but. Yeah, we got them all right. Between us. But there was like an odd number. There's only right, two so of us <laughs> in the race, but. Yeah. Danny, be Danny, honest. Danny got. You're up two to one. Two, two one, one, yeah. Is that what it is? Is that what it is? Okay, picked, so yeah. we'll start then, uh, very red quickly, flag. right? Because um, we want to get to our bring back the whack. What's it called again? Uh, way back whack. Way back whack. Jeff's way back whack. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, all right. So for the prime picks this week, uh, Napoli AC Milan in the Serie A. Good game. Good game. Yeah. Uh, what are you thinking, Craig? Milan, Go. win. Where is it at? I think it's at Napoli, isn't it? I believe it is. Gattuso going up against his old team, but I, you know I'm red and black through and through, guys. So Napoli. <laughs> no, AC Milan. Milan. Yeah. I knew Do you want to jump in here, B? Uh, I would go with AC Milan as well. Yeah. I think they've been quite a force this year, and I'd like to see it continue, to be honest. All right, uh, next up we've got... Um, Napoli's been good. They're in third, so it's not going to be... Uh, Villarreal against Real Madrid in Ligue. La Liga. Yeah, that's an interesting because Villarreal's in second, I believe. Are they really? I haven't been following the Spanish. This is, it, this Real is in general, actually. fourth. I this think. is in Villarreal as well, huh? According to my yes. notes that Dan sent us... <laughs> So whether they are or not, I don't know. <laughs> Hold on. Dan for Dan, Dan AC Milan were playing uh, Villarreal. Yeah. Is the home team listed first in Dan's eyes or is the... No, we discussed this last time. Yeah. They are. Yeah. It's not me. It's I am going for a uh, draw. 
Okay, a draw between Villarreal. And, and you said Villarreal, did it Craig? Or were you interrupted? I'm going to go Villarreal. You are? Oh, yeah. okay. Just throw it out there. Changing up the guard in La Liga this season. Was Danny. Yeah, Who's Villarreal second? Madrid's Real Madrid. fourth. At this moment. Who's first? Um, you got third and fourth. You must have first. No, uh, David Silva and Real Sociedad. Oh, Sociedad. Sociedad. Yeah, yeah, the top of the table? Yeah. Buzzing. Really? Barcelona. Can you tell we're not working in a soccer s- sports show at the moment? Th- uh, there was a time when Danny and I would have to go through the table of every single league in Europe yep. uh, at the end of a, you know, b- just before a commercial break. Let's look <laughs> at the Turkish <laughs> league. Oh, Istanbul Bashakshi here. Now we're talking about City. Stoke City. <laughs> <laughs> also a great story. You know, there, could be, can't get there should be a book written about the score, to be honest. Oh, Absolutely, that'd be. I mean, the stay on target. Sorry, <laughs> all right, all right. Leicester, Liverpool, Leicester, Liverpool. That's an interesting one as well. Liverpool, obviously, screwed over by uh, COVID. The international window, <laughs> COVID, and bad knees. COVID. Leicester hosting Liverpool. Mm. What you got? What you got? What you got? You go first this time, Danny. Yeah. Hold on. Did you say Villarreal or Real Madrid? Real Madrid. You're going Real Madrid away win. I am going for. I always have to go for one shock, Leicester. Wow. Is that going to be a shock, though, given the injuries and the COVID situation to Mr. Salah and the fact that he's at Leicester and the fact they're a pretty good team this year? Is it a shock? Well, I'd say it is a shock. The champions. I'm disagreeing with you. You know, they haven't got much of a back line, and I just feel that Vardy plays very well against the big teams. Is uh, Fabinho back? Do we know? I'm not sure, but their other boy... uh, who was deputising for Van Dyke got injured for the under twenty ones, England under twenty ones this week as well. Good. <laughs> so they've literally they might have to play one of the fullbacks like Robertson and maybe bring the Greek boy in at left back. Or Jesus Milner. Christ. They'll put Milner in. Milner play anywhere. Yeah. yeah. And do a good job too. All right. Um draw. Draw? <laughs> okay. Gutsy. <laughs> I got it right last week. You did, yeah. I'm, I'm not saying it's not. Leicester Liverpool. Uh, I've got to go with Liverpool, clearly, so we get all, all three results. So if someone gets right. Man City against the uh, the heirs apparent to Liverpool as champions. Tottenham Hotspur. Man City Spurs at City. Jose Spurs. I've really enjoyed that documentary. City. Which one? Spurs? The Spurs documentary, yes. The City one was great, but the Spurs one, because of Jose. I find he's more likable now. He is, isn't it? Yeah. He, he worked, he worked my, really well. He reminds me so much <laughs> of my grandfather. He worked really well. <laughs> of my grandfather, who they would n- never have had a conversation ever. They never, Not two people that ever would have got on or had anything in common. But the older Jose gets, the more he reminds me of my grandfather. Really? That's yeah. great. And so you picked whom? <laughs> oh, I wanted to let them go first. I'm just the guest City. here. City. It's your TV show, I'm auditioning man. to be an intern. I'm We're on Sportsnet. Draw. Okay. What do you think uh, Mourinho's going to do? Bunker? He's going to park it. The way they're playing right now, he can't park it, can he? Well, yeah, but he still he still looks out to that defensive things, you know, that core. Well, he bottle it in the big game, basically, and right? He still create chances. Yeah. The yeah. key thing after they're international weekend is that, like, a lot of big teams have not had any preparation at all. Yeah. When that's, that's you've a got, like, point. a lot of international guys away, they're traveling all the way back. Whether it be on chart or whether yeah. it be on private, but that's for Spurs too, though, right? Your mind, right? Nice, your mind so it takes a while to draw. switch back into into that as well. So Josie back. hasn't had much prep, and he's all about the prep. He is. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think a draw there. 
I think the draw is probably the better bet, but I'll go with Spurs. All right. Like it. Did you get them all there? I, I wrote them all down, and that was Footy Prime Picks. <laughs> Brought to you by... Insert sponsor uh, here. Charmin's Proper Pies. You need your own betting app. They, this is the evolution of, of, of sport. Every sports company now needs a betting app. That's yeah. So Charmin's Proper Pies, the betting app. Yeah. Who There's probably some playing words there. would be kind of clever, probably somewhere. I'm not clever enough. But Talking about La Liga, by the way, in Spain. Did anyone watch the Germany versus S- Spain game? 6 nil. No. I did not. What happened to Germany? It was ridiculous. I was watching just online, but it, it wasn't actually, I was busy doing something, so it was just like, and the goals were, it was like, what? Three nil? Yeah. Do you, you know I'm a football junkie and I'll watch any game, but that was the highlight of my week. It was basically Spain's B team absolutely pulling Germany's pants down. And I'm not joking, it was 6 nil. It could have been 9 or 10 nil. Like, they missed two or three really good opportunities, and Neuer made two or three good saves as well. It could It could have been Double digits well, easily. And I was looking at the stats. I think it was like nearly 70% possession. 12 or 15 or something like that. Shots and 10 on net for yep. Spain. None for Germany. They were very, very good. I mean, Germany's defense were all over the place. All over the place. How but many positive COVID cases in that German side are going to come out? Six? I don't know. They, there should be actually red flags going off after that performance. Should Yogi Love... Come to the end of his maybe tenure. Needs to be a new dust boot. Do teams hang on to their managers, like legendary managers, too long? International teams? It's just no, turnaround with internationals. I just think that if you're around long enough, you're usually going to... They only won one World Cup, right? Germany? They only won one tournament, didn't they? This, this they golden generation. Me. This generation. Does, don't you feel a little bit ripped off? I mean, they were incredible. And listen, they won a World Cup. Amazing, obviously, but... Don't you want to see more than that? You're including, like, basically a, a, as of the start of Thomas Müller's rise. So yeah. I mean, obviously Spain was right in there, right? So they kind of ruined a lot of it because they were so great. But they almost remember more for those those occasions, those games, beating Brazil, was it 7-1, seven, seven wasn't it? Yeah. Right? Those moments. That was the year that they won the World Cup. As opposed to necessarily this long era of success. That's we know true, how good actually, they are. Yeah. Like, when you talk about... The cycle of teams, like Spain's cycle, that were very, very good. They won cha- European Championships, World Cups. Yeah. They were, like, there for the they long won th- stay. They went two years, Spain? Two years. And, and now they've kind yeah. of recycled again with this younger generation coming through that looked unbelievable. Germany had a very powerful cycle for a good six to seven years. One World Cup. I'd love England to win the World Cup or even Italy, but... You're left wanting more, aren't you? I am. Yeah. I but mean, even France, like this present French team, they, 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 they've won uh, a World Cup. Um, I think they won a Euros back 10 years ago, 8 years ago. Uh, 98 and 2000 was when they won. Yeah. That's a long time ago now. So right? you, you right. expect a team like with a strong, powerful cycle to at least pick up two major tournaments yeah, during that cycle. But not many teams do, though. Well, yeah. England's still searching for that golden generation. Even Portugal. Uh, they they won Ronaldo. Le, Le Tournoi. Once yeah. upon Portugal won the Euros. Won the Euros. And that wasn't even a good cycle. It was no, it wasn't. And that wasn't even a good team. I remember doing the previous show before. No, I'm no, not. I, I agree with him. Portugal have a much better team now. Like Exceptional twice, squad. Three times as good as what Portugal did back then in winning that Euros. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And, I, and there was a lot of players that made a name for themselves in that tournament and got big transfer fees. Andre Gomez and yeah. um, Joao Mario. 
who I think is playing Krasnodar with Adair, who scored the, scored the goal. Adair, Jesus uh, Locomotive. Christ. About him. They both had teams before that, too. Both Locomotive. Oh, yeah. The Portugal Rui Costa, oh, yeah, Figo, Portugal's outstanding That 2006, uh, they lo- Portugal lost to France in the semifinal. And had Portugal won, without a doubt in my mind, they would have w- they would have won the World Cup. They would have beaten Italy. Germany in 2006. No one was beating Italy that, that World Cup. No, there was Port- something that about that, that Catanaccio spirit, that Calciopoli spirit, I should Calciopoli. say, sorry, right? But that was driving them, right? <laughs> no one was going to beat them that year. Yeah. And the way Cannavaro was playing, come on. This, come this on. Portuguese side, I would not bet against. I mean, the, the group that they're in, Germany and France and Hungary, um, is not a, a group I'd want to be in at all. Even knowing that potentially three teams can come out of this group and Portugal finished third, uh, in France four years ago, uh, yeah. four, four years ago, yeah, when they won. Um, but yeah, I I think Portugal's the best of the three of them. Really, I do. Yeah. Mm. They've got really good young talent. Like best side. What about Scotland? Finally getting oh, back to the big them. show. Yeah, absolutely. I hope there's fans because yeah. the Tartan Army is a different different level. 1998, the last they tournament. Smash, yeah. but they behave. Yeah, they're like they're nice really drunks. Love. Yeah, they're nice drunks. I yeah. wouldn't say they behaved, Craig. Well, <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> well, okay. It's a lot of but public urination. And they are in the same group as England as well, so oh, you yeah, know there's going to be a clash. They're so playing at Wembley, right? That game's yeah. at Wembley. That yeah. is going to be a great clash. Scotland's other two games are... London will get destroyed. Yeah. Wembley will, and it's good because Wembley just shits off. But when, they're, when there's a tournament, they go and they travel, you know what I mean? And there's... What's a shithole? No, he's been Wembley. Yeah. You've been to New Wembley. The New Wembley is a shithole? No, well, the stadium's good, but around the area, oh, right, it's absolutely right. dog shit. Yeah. Did you win a promotion final there? Didn't you? No, we lost there, Danny. My apologies. Thanks for bringing it up. <laughs> I was thinking Millwall. Just Weren't got you over that. I apologize. <laughs> and I was suspended for a final there as well. So you know what? really bringing that back. Well... I apologize, and Hold my on. my Tag offer team. is: let's do your book, Craig and then I won't forget any of those at Wembley stories. as well. But wasn't allowed to, right? You right. both have Wembley heartbreak, both yeah. of you. Um, yeah. England won today, four 0 Jack Grealish, the future. Yeah, build around Phil Jackie Boy. Well. Yeah. Let me ask you this, because you know all these idiots are reporting. Right, oh, now we've got to build England around Jack Grealish. What his first goal? Why, as a coach, why do team coaches insist on having their preferred eleven? Shouldn't an eleven? change depending on the opponent right some teams you should use your wide players more other teams down them whatever it's going to be tactically why do we feel that you know this is the best 11 players they should play week in and week out against every single team surely football isn't that simple different argument club and country is totally different yeah okay so keep it international then country national right England's playing Scotland again, and Croatia, and uh, who is it in Euro? Ah, Christ, is it Iceland? Oh. Um, Who's England's group? Scotland, no, Croatia, and? Oh, my brain's freezing. Dan will look it up. Regardless, whoever it is, right? They're all different teams, right? Wouldn't you be picking a different 11 depending on the opponent and what their strengths are? <laughs> what do you mean? Is there just too much emphasis on anybody talking about what is the best, best 11? Yeah, precisely. Best 11? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, but generally speaking, most teams, the great teams of the past, don't change that much. But why, though? My, my point is why. I mean, let's say you say Scotland has a great left-back, which they do, mm-hmm. right? So no, your right, right side may be different than playing against Croatia, yeah. whose left-back isn't as strong. Right. But are you thinking from a manager that would be more thinking about what they're going to do to you as opposed to what you're going to do to them? Good point. Well, there's that argument, too, right? 
And I think you look yeah. at some countries that want to get the best 11 players on the pitch. Canada struggles with this. But, you know, we might play Finding a few players in <laughs> a position yeah. in order it's to actually, get the best it's 11. The weaker players for Canada that's important to fill those spots properly as, mu- as well as you can. Yeah. The other ones are going to pick themselves, of course. Mm. But the ones that are kind of borderline and you're not really sure what you're going to do, those guys are kind of. You know, you want them to be solid to a point, but I, th- I think like one of the biggest criticisms of Gareth Southgate now is 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 he playing England's best team or is he trying to get in his mind or at least on that day the best eleven players in some type of team because three five two or five three two if it actually what it is with with um, Trippier I believe um, it's uh, it seems like it doesn't work and Jack Grealish is not a, a center forward to play with two men at the top but he played next to Kane today and did quite well in the half an hour I saw and was exceptional against Belgium and now has you know people like uh Michael Cox real formation geeks writing stories asking could you build a team around Jack Grealish mm-hmm. which is not something I would have thought six months ago yeah. do you think Danny that it's a case of him just testing and trying different things well my big bit? my big gripe with Southgate is that he doesn't do that and I think he's been pushed into this Grealish dilemma a little bit and even playing some of the young'uns yeah and going back to, to Shams's question, it's all about trust and players that you, you can rely on. For me, when you're an international manager, you have a, a basis of a team. You have a foundation of a team that of players through the spine that you rely on. But then for me, you have to pick the players that are playing the best football at that present time within their leagues. Mm-hmm. So if Harry Kane hasn't scored for 12 months, then... I'm not going to play him. And there's a reason I'm not going to play him. I'm going to play Calvert-Lewin or wherever it is, Danny Ings, who's banged in 20 goals in in the year. I'm mm-hmm. not saying that's going to happen to Kane. But that that is my philosophy on you deserve to play because of what you're doing in your league. And like, like Craig mentioned, so you are looking at it as if we're going to have the ball, we're going to dictate the play as opposed to we're going to be reacting to what the opponent's doing, which is why you're not selecting your 11 depending on their strengths. Again, it's, it's, it's based on the country, how strong you're the country is like Iceland had a fantastic Euros because they actually went to the Euros and played without fear was it the Euros or World Cup both I think it was, it was World 2016 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. it was both of them because they went to the tournament without fear they had a clear philosophy and style of play and they wasn't going to change it for no other team mm-hmm. and that's what a lot of the, the smaller teams do actually do they try to change and adjust to the teams they're playing against now I understand you have to adjust if you're playing against a Brazil or Spain you can't go out all guns blazing a la Ipswich at Manchester United when Craig went there with his famous coach saying, we're going to get them. Yeah. They won't expect us to they attack. They won't expect us to attack. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the last thing I heard walking out the dressing room. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. Was right though, you could see me. Craig's eyes. <laughs> we were 5-0 right, down, 6-0 down. We're squeezing up at the halfway line trying to put gigs offside. What? <laughs> <laughs> Fastest man in the world at that time. But if you're playing Iceland, right, and you know that they're going to sit back, sit back, and try and contain, you know that's going to happen. Are you going to pick a different eleven as opposed to if you're playing Brazil, and you know they're going to come at you? Or is your eleven your eleven? The players you trust, the foundation's the foundation. Well, it all depends on again who who's playing Brazil and who's that team. Germany, yeah, right, or the but a different not, team not or the same team. Germany, but you playing the same eleven. Well, yeah. I mean, if you're that good, you're not going to be worried about Brazil. I don't think you know. One thing I, I think Jurgen Love did in the World Cup. He remember l- that situation with Lom? 
That's right. He left him out, didn't he, for a long time? There was a, a big adju- adjustment a there. He, I think he went into fullback position. Yeah. Um, no, he went in midfield. Or midfield. midfield. Yeah. The way he was around. a fullback and he went into midfield. But it changed everything. So there are those adjustments. Yeah. But I don't think that, that would have ha- that would have Was that premeditated, do you think? I forget the full background there. I know well, the media it was, it was screaming at Yeah, it just wasn't working. It. They weren't they weren't it wasn't working defensively or midfield. There was there's something that needed to be adjusted and he did it and it worked brilliantly. I think that's a, a real cool uh, and maybe it's a bit geeky, but I like watching the the timeline of players and how their positions have shifted as their careers went on. Sergio Ramos will, you know, uh, as a, an American center, would be a Hall of Fame center back. But he started as a fullback and was for- forced to play center back. And, um, it's, you know, it worked out brilliantly. And he's one of the leading goal scorers in club history. Missed two penalties last back. year, last week. Yeah. <laughs> that he did, I guess. Not good enough. Uh, Not good I, th- enough. I, think, I think the future for Spain is very bright. And they have a... You know, uh, Spain has changed as a footballing country, and Spain has changed a lot as a country. And now you're seeing that on the pitch uh, for the first time really ever, I think. And you're going to get a very, very interesting squad in the, the next few major got tournaments. A strong squad. They've got a lot of depth there as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tremendous depth. Which they've always had. Yeah, always. They've always had. But always. you're talking about f- squeezing players in and fitting fitting players in out of position just because you believe that they're, you know, of the best 11 on the team sheet. But. Cesc Fabregas never got into that Spain team. They refused to play him out of position. They ref- refused to tinker to you know, a- allow him on the pitch because there were better players in front of him in his Scott, position. Some guy called Xavi was pretty good. Yeah. Iniesta. Heard of him. Iniesta. Yeah. yeah. Where would you put, um, going back to um, Jack Relish, right? Right now, Southgate says he's competing with Sterling and Rashford for that position, right? Is that, is that fair, do you think? Or should you move him? Should you accommodate them all? Or is he the best of the bunch right now? Right I, now, I feel with this this English group, just like we said with Spain, where they've gone through a little bit of transition in in kind of including a lot of young players that are breaking through in their their club teams and doing very very well. England have the same, I wouldn't call it a problem, but they have the same dynamics. You have Mason Mount, who's a fantastic young player at Chelsea. You have Grealish, who's been performing very well for the last two or three years, but hasn't really gotten the sniff. He's been included in a couple of squads, but now, whether it be through media pressure, fan pressure, Southgate's actually put him in, and he's playing very well. He shows he can compete at that level. And the the big question was against a bigger team, and for me, against Belgium in their 2-0 loss last week, he was the, the player of the match for England. So he can compete at that level. And he adds a little different dynamic to this English team. I think when you have players like Sterling, Rashford, Sancho, they're different, but they're similar in a way, if you can understand what I'm talking about. They're very quick, very dynamic, like to beat people. But you need a little bit of guile in there as well. And I think Grealish, um, the comparisons with Gascoigne is is, is unfair. But I think he adds a little bit of different flair to the England team. That's why they... That's why they compare him to Gascoigne. Yeah, because we haven't yeah. had a player like him in a long time. No. You talk about Jack Wilshere, but Jack Wilshere never, ever progressed to the potential that everyone thought he would get to. Didn't reach it. No. And if and barring injury, I think Grealish will surpa- surpass that. Yeah. Smash Different through Different profile. Just he's playing know. out of his skin. And he's, yeah. such, he's such a hard worker. Obviously, I'm biased, but he looks... Most matches he's played for Villa since the restart, 
he has been the best player on the pitch, regardless of opposition. Mm-hmm. And they've beaten Liverpool and they've beaten Arsenal. Did they um, ever? Uh, beaten Arsenal twice <laughs> since the restart. And uh, Grealish has just been amazing. This year, Donny, like at the end of the season. I, to be honest, I think the economics make uh, have a lot more to do with it because he's just signed a new deal. He's on 140 grand a week, which is considerably more than any Aston Villa player would have ever made. I think Craig and I were just talking about Micah Richards a few years ago was the highest paid Villa player at 65,000 a week. So to see that Villa's at that level now, he's comfortable there. He's it's definitely in in his blood. He's the the club captain. I could see you know uh, him playing actually in the, in the Pep Guardiola's Man City side or even in Barcelona, which I would not have said six months ago. I think eventually he he'll outplay Villa because yes, even at those wages, that's, he can double that. But I don't see those teams spending the money at the moment to do that. To to get him well, from Villa would cost a eighty a hundred. There's there's a handful of less. Yeah, you know, to pay him two three hundred a week. No chance it would he take. stays beyond this season. No you chance. Reckon? I, I, I think I, they, in a different time he would have already been gone. We've spoken about this, uh, me and Craig, on a show as well, where we we feel that when there's a player of his caliber that's at a club that he's grown up in, it's his boyhood club. Uh, Smith is a Villa fan as well, so there's deep roots there. But for them to progress and stay in the Premier League this year, they know that they needed Grealish to stay there. So I think there was an offering to say, look, sign this new deal. There's security there, even if you have a bad year this year. But if you have a stellar year, mm-hmm. we're going to let you go at the end of the year because we want you to go on and progress and play for a top elite team, which he deserves to. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying Villa are not a top I no, understand. No offense they're taken. Top, they're a big club. Sure. People don't understand how big a club Villa is. I know. It's probably one of the top five big clubs in England. Yeah. Massive support, but massive but history. But not from a financial clout perspective. At this moment. They At could get back yeah. there. It all depends. I mean, they would, they would need... It's been a long time, though. Do you think um, a foreign investor, uh, another foreign investor, would look at Villa as the Abu Dhabi's looked at City as seeing this, this potentially this big, they big fan it. base? I thought they would have. Quite honestly, the American though, guy came in, didn't he? Talking about yeah. learner, yeah, yeah I'm talking before, about like, you know, beyond that, you know, why why Newcastle's been targeted by the Saudis because there is such potential for that area, right, and that yeah. club. Do you think they look at Villa the same kind of way? This I, is think a I think they should bet their potential owners much better than they do. Oh, the Saudis are just misjudged, misunderstood. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> look, um, if Mohammed bin Salman wants to buy Villa, I might. I have some questions about it, but God, that's going to be a good team to watch. You know what? Journalists, <laughs> just watch terrible. out. Just if you're a journalist, See, and that's why sports be wa- careful. Sport washing works. <laughs> Don't accept yeah, that invite so. from me. No, right? if you're going to go to your uh, embassy to pick up a passport, don't go. Open the big bourbon door and there's Dickie O'Stander. Oh, shit. That's right. <laughs> Mr. Oh, upside God. down that's, head that's comes me. after you. <laughs> that's me done. <laughs> hey, if we're going to end this, can we get on to uh, Jeff's? Why oh, yeah, it? bring it back, whack. What's it bring called? Bring it back, whack. <laughs> this is where you guys just open up his whack. old way copies back, of Nuts. Way, back, way back, whack. Open a page. Today's uh, magazine is from Front. Um, from 2003, January 2003, so the first Recent. edition of Front. Um, cameras over here if you want to show the camera. Jordan uh, is adorning the front cover. Yeah. And just by a random page, we'll, we'll go, oh, look at this, UK number one singles Ooh. of 2002. 2002? Yeah, so... There's a ton of them here. Uh, Hold on, we've got to try and guess. Yeah, there's about 20 here. Give, us a, 20. give, us, give us a band and we'll try and name the song. Okay. Um, the Sugar Babes. 
No, not a big fan of them. Next one. <laughs> this is a fun game to play with, Danny. Okay, here's a here's a band that I know that Craig's a huge fan of. Was often at the concerts back in the day. Westlife. Right. Just, just goes to show you how good the pop music was back it's, in those it's days. It's shockingly bad. Now there's one band I think it's better now? out here, right? So Oasis no. was right. on his list. Ooh, 2003. So this is 2002. It's, it's for the year 2002. Ooh, that's tough. What's their, yeah. what's I was surprised. Their, I didn't realize this Because uh, they were out. This is like... That's, that's after. That's eight, nine years it's after. It's not one of their better songs, no. that's for sure. But it was popular that year. Give it. Who was number one? Give me the band. Uh, you, won't, you won't get it. It's your, it's your mate, Robbie it. Williams. Um, chicken, chicken song. Daniel Beddingfield. Oh, 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 I do know that song. i got to get through this. That's right. Bam! Boom, nailed it. Number wow. one, DJ Danny. DJ Mellow D in the house. i got to get through this. i got to get through this. You, know, <laughs> oh, you were dun, spinning dun, that impression. That that's, Hindu, that's Hindu time. Dun, Hindu times, dun, Oasis. Dun, dun. Let me find the uh, Dickios. Uh. Daniel, it was. It was a little garage song. Dun, dun, dun. You have the rights to play this song? <laughs> no one cares. <laughs> no one rights. cares, Daddy. Dan Wong has rights for everything. People, uh, super sue producer. Me. Come sue me. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Told you it's a garage tune. That was a big track. I don't think I knew it was English, actually. Gotta get food in. All right. <laughs> Any other guesses? The names there? Eminem? Was uh, up there. What song? Well, that's the question, with, isn't it? It was with that English woman. Uh. It was that English woman. Yo, Dido? Dido. Dido, yeah. Was it? No, it wasn't. Without Me was that the one? No, it wasn't. No. Without Me wasn't. Yeah, that's what I was just singing. This Jordan that's smiling at me on the back of this magazine, was she with Ashley Cole? Dwight York. Dwight York. Maybe she was with Ashley Cole as well. She had a couple kids. She had a kid with him, yeah. George Harrison was uh, one of the top um, songs of 2002. I got my mind set on you. <laughs> Wasn't I that Traveling Wilburys? No. I don't think that was a 2002 um, track. My no. Sweet Lord. must have been. He, I think he was dead Come by then, wasn't he? I think he died before 2002. He did. Yeah. The late, great George Harrison. Enough of the charts. Well, give us something interesting else from in that magazine or from that page. The pages that you can separate. That's interesting. Um, let me... It's not known for its uh, <laughs> for its stories. Just one one classic headline from there. Uh, the making of a man. We must all pass through those. I would like to read that, please. <laughs> Do tell me. I've been trying for twenty years. It's My wife is an actor who kisses <laughs> other men. By the way, the book comes out when. The book comes out May 11th, so it's available for unless a pre-order. Unless you've ruined it for you by now. Yeah, unless you've ruined it for So you. May 11th? May 11th. And we'll yeah. have it back on and Theo on it as well. All right, guys, we should definitely call it quits now. Um, we may be back. Well, he's Craig and myself and Wonga will be back next week. Danny might not be back next in week. In jail. Could be in jail. Why? Slamming some guy's head in a car no, door. No, that's not me. No? All right, I hope you enjoyed that. Doubt you did. We'll see you next week. Bye. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Market.